3: Hey, everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by SockWeb Studios. Visit online at Studios.com for all your needs and brought to you by official sponsor, of The Mike Wagner Show, International Warring Author Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with Amazing Lay, who's an author coming from a literary background, as her uncle co authored a well respected liturgical book in the 70s, and grandmother was initially uh, published. Uh, Turkish author as well. And uh, she also wrote some short stories um, since as a little girl and entered the University of Michigan and traveled all over the world and uh, economic professor in uh, St. Louis and her new book tells the story of interracial uh, adoption in the U.S. And from the perspective of a white mother adopting a black son and finds she has no idea what she's doing. The book is called uh, Seeking Forgiveness and live, ladies and gentlemen, for the Plus Studios in beautiful downtown St. Louis, the author of the book Seeking Forgiveness and um, coming from literary background, just some amazing genes and economic professor at University of Missouri, St. Louis, ladies and gentlemen, the multi-talented Leah Rachel. Leah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today.
4: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is a pleasure.
3: Well, it's great to have you on board, Leah. So you're an author coming from a literary background. Your uncle, uh, co-author, well-respected, liturgical book in the 70s. And your grandmother is an internationally uh, published uh, Turkish author. And you wrote short stories since you're a little girl. And you uh, went to University of Michigan and traveled all over the world, like Thailand, Turkey, Peru, China, all over Europe. You're currently, you're an economic professor at University of Missouri, St. Louis, and your book tells the story of uh, interracial adoption in the U.S. And uh, from the perspective of a white mother adopts a black son and finds no idea what she's doing and uh, just uh, having some, um, you know, story, travels, everything else, and uh, some of the things come up, what can people learn called Seeking Forgiveness. And before getting to other Leah, tell us how you first got started. Uh,
4: How I first got started on this book or writing in general?
3: Um, basically, just uh, go the way back machine. So you know just how you got started overall, just go way back.
4: So I've always loved writing. So, as you already mentioned, I've got sort of a literary background, and my grandmother in particular, uh, you know was very well known in Europe, um playwright and author and published books. and mm. um so I've always liked writing. I, I loved reading and and, as you said, I sort of published short stories in college and I planned on becoming an author and a creative writing major early on, but then I got a little bit scared and risk averse that <laughs> wouldn't be able to feed myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up getting a, a degree in something else, but I've, I've kept writing ever since. And, um, and I've, I've written a number of novels, not all of them published. I have two published at this point. Um, but this is my second one. And, uh, um, and it's close to home, semi-autobiographical memoir, about uh, raising my son as a white mother who adopts a black son and in St. Louis in particular, and has a lot to learn.
3: Mm-hmm. And certainly a lot to learn or we'll get more into that. And what was that one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing?
4: Yeah. So, well, you know, what happened was um, there was, so when my son was younger, he had a hard time going to sleep by himself. He needed either me or my husband, somebody to be sort of cuddling him as he fell asleep. And there was one night when I was calling him and he was falling asleep, but I was awake and I was looking out the window. And I'd had so many things happen to us that I would meet friends you know, at lunch and tell them and they'd always say, oh my God, that was shocking or surprising. And so many people had told me, you need to write a book about this and some of these stories. So that night h- holding my son, I thought, you know, I, w- I wanna write a book uh, about all these experiences, but also for him. So uh, he always knows that there's this, You know, love in the family and love behind him, supporting him through all these things that he goes through. I mean, I see the book as very much a book about motherhood and the mother-son love and how, you know, love can really help you get through a lot of the trials that life throws at you.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and what was that uh, moment you simply wanted to um, adopt, adopt your son as well, too, and the story behind it as well, too? And of course, you know, choosing and everything like that. You can just give yeah. us like a background about, uh, you know, you know, the yeah. adoption process and why you chose um, your, your, your son and um, everything else.
4: Yeah. No, that's a good question, especially because most people I find assume that we adopted because of infertility reasons. And that's not actually true. Um, my husband and I have been married about five years and we were thinking about having kids, but we were kind of on the fence, to be honest, we like couldn't decide. And then a colleague of mine who like everybody else assumed we were having infertility problems. She just gave me the number of like this women's group one day and said, you, know, you, you should go to this women's group. And because it was a colleague who sort of was higher up than me I felt like I should do it to tell her I'd done it. And I went to this women's group, and women were going around talking about trying to start families, not start families. And one of the women mentioned foster care and adopting through the foster system. And to be honest, it never had occurred to me before, but a light went on. Like the minute she said it, I thought, oh my God, if having a family is not just about me and like what I want and some, you know, ideal of a family I uh, that people tell you you should have if it's as much about the child as it is about me and becoming a mother, then I was suddenly on board. And I, I just really, I just really wanted to do it. And so I went home that night and I told my husband and he's like, okay. And, um, and we immediately signed up and became foster parents.
3: Wow. That's rather interesting too. I'll talk about the, um, the joys of raising a foster child. Of course, the struggles and everything in the book, Seeking Forgiveness with Leah Rachel. But first, listen to the Mike Weiner Show at the MikeWeidnerShow.com, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at Studios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs at below the competition way. Call today, 1 800 303 3960. That's 1 800 303 3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention Mike Weidner's show, get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give official shout out to our official sponsor of the Mike Weidner Show, international warring author Mia Molsonzia. If you love fast paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molsonzia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target where truth is illusion and those you love will be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing by me and Monsensia's great reviews. And Eve 11 enjoys by how its celebrities, including Joanna Cassidy, Forbes, Riley, and m So grab your copy today, for it goes Missing by me and Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Weidner Show at the MikeWeidnerShow.com on over 40 podcast platforms. Heard in over 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music. Also heard on HamiltonRadio.net every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. And also on BitChute, Rumble, and a few networks coming soon. Take the Mike Weidner Show with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Weidner Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Widener Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok today. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Weidner Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Weidner Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also, T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Check it out today. I'll support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM. PayPal and TheMikeWidenerShow.com. Make sure you do so today. We're here with um, author and professor uh, Leah Rachel here on The Mike Widener Show, the book Seeking Forgiveness. And before um, we talk more about the book, you pretty much travel all over the world as well, too. And besides, you are being economic professor at University of Missouri, St. Louis. Um, you traveled to uh, Thailand, Turkey, Peru, China, and all over the world. And um, tell us about some of your travels and what got you to um, just do some globetrotting.
4: So so my mother um actually so I'm I don't know what you call it first first generation. My mother was born overseas. Um and my father was so my grandparents on my father's side were born overseas. So both my parents um spoke as their native tongue different languages, not English. Mm. Um and I grew up very sort of, you know, cosmopolitan, hearing other languages, eating other foods. Um and so I always loved travel. We went as much as we could, although, you know, playing fish hair was very expensive however many years ago and my family wasn't wealthy so we didn't go a lot um but I've just always enjoyed adventure and I love learning about other cultures and other foods and other smells and other places so um you know when I met my husband actually my husband and I had deal breakers (laughs) and (laughs) his deal breaker was I could cut my hair really short he likes hair my deal breaker was that we had to go on one international trip every year. So we had to figure out a way, you know, as a professor, I get the summers off. So it was easy for me, but we had to figure out a way to you know make it so he could go too. And we've tried, tried to go uh, somewhere exciting every year. My son was first born. We took a pause for a few years when he was a baby, but um, we try to go every year.
3: Mm, that sounds interesting as well, too. What was your favorite destination in all of um, travel around the world?
4: An excellent question. I mean, I do feel like every place is different. I mean, you're almost asking me to like pick amongst my children. That's hard to do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, well, the one that really stands out, maybe the most interesting, the most funny, yeah. or it's just like you know, you know, most yeah. happening and everything like that. So, you know, what really stand, stood out for you, your most favorite?
4: I mean, what really stood out for me was probably China. um So we we stayed a number of weeks, and I actually went with my university. So we had somebody who would pick us up every day. And the schedule was I would meet a few professors in the morning, and then they would all take us to lunch. And, you know, you you get the best food from locals who take you places. So every day, a local was taking us to a different place, and we'd have, they'd order all these amazing dishes that I never would have known to order. And then after they were done, then we had the rest of the day to explore on our own. And we got to, you know, do a lot of sightseeing. So it was just a wonderful mix of, like, meeting local people, eating local food, but also sightseeing. and. Um, everything about it was just very interesting and very different and very new. And I really, really enjoyed it.
3: What was your favorite, um, sightseeing, uh, point that you, uh, you saw?
4: When I was in China, you mean?
3: Yeah. Or, or any, or what was your favorite?
4: Yeah. I mean, probably some of the big, uh, sites, I mean, Tiananmen square, uh, and, uh i don't know some of the i mean i I, you know remember the zoo was interesting you know i do remember uh, this was when they still had a starbucks in the forbidden city they've now gotten rid of that they don't allow a starbucks in the forbidden city anymore. oh darn I, remember,
3: I was looking forward to having one with you in, in china
4: <laughs> well i remember it was fascinating and and you know it's a tiny little thing and my husband and i uh went and there was you know no room so you had to take your coffee outside and we were sitting sort of like on the ground drinking this coffee and my husband's a little bit um her suit, like he's got hairy arms, and uh which is not, you know, he doesn't look Chinese in any way. Anyway, this little girl came up and just started petting him, <laughs>
3: <laughs> what, like like he was a pet or something. Oh I think she God. she'd never seen so much like hair on an arm. I think she, <laughs> so. We still
4: talk about that having our Starbucks in the Forbidden City and being petted by the locals.
3: <laughs> Good thing he didn't get taken to the zoo, though. You think about that oh my god oh that's one i gotta remember i go to starbucks i'll have to tell that story
4: <laughs> yeah it was memorable it was definitely definitely memorable. And that's what's the joy and fun of traveling right and i also feel like that's what the joy and fun of reading books because you get to see other perspectives and and again you know again one of the impetuses of writing this book was because i would tell people stories about what it was like as a White mother raising a black son. And I and people would say, Oh my God, I didn't know that or that happened or you should write about that. And so I do think the book is really interesting for people who just want to see a different perspective and you know different things that go on. It's it's eye-opening.
3: Mm-hmm. And certainly is eye-opening as well too. And who are some of your favorite authors and writers growing up?
4: Oh, some of mine? Yes so when i was when i was much younger i was really into the russian authors you know tolstoy dostoevsky all the all the russian authors i will say now um i mean ann patchett's a big big favorite of mine zora neil herson's a big favorite of mine tony morrison of course so um i've been all over the place
3: hmm and sounds like all over the place too and you became an author yourself with um seeking forgiveness telling the story of an interracial adoption as well too in the u.s and um you know some of the things that uh, you know you, you uh, adopt your you know, black son and find out you have no idea what you're doing, <laughs> and Maybe you know, just some of the pitfalls, the joys and yeah. everything else. And um, you kind of wonder what you're doing and maybe just uh, go a bit about a journey. And of course, you know, everybody thinks, you know, adoption is an easy process, but not really. And, uh, you know, yeah. just uh, tell us more about yeah.
4: that. Well, yeah and so you know we adopted him before Michael Brown before George Floyd before a lot of those things before Black Panther unfortunately I mean there's an episode in the book I describe where my son you know he's young and he likes superheroes and he, he actually asked me how come there are no black superheroes and it was mm-hmm. one of those moments where I hadn't even thought of it and I had to come up in the moment with an answer to why there wasn't um as well as you know not look so surprised and uh so that you know that was one moment but you know, I can tell you another interesting story. When my son was about five and he had to go to the dentist for the first time. Mm. Um, I, we, so I made an appointment, you know, when we go and we walk in and then the receptionist, she you know, slides the glass partition open and she looks at us funny and closes it and goes away and comes back. Finally, she comes back and she says, I need to see your papers. What? And I'm, like, I, I, I'm like, I have my insurance card. Do you want? I have his insurance, my insurance. She goes, no, no, no. I need to see your papers. And I I said, I'm sorry, I honestly don't know what you're asking me. And she said, well, to see the boy, we need some approval from his guardian or his parent or somebody who can authorize care for him. And I was like, I'm his mother, you know, and, you know, she would not have been asking this question if we'd been the same color, if we'd been either both white or both black, she would not be asking this question. And, And who brings adoption papers to a dentist appointment? So I had nothing to show. And we had to leave. We were forced to leave. And it gets worse, we're in we're in the car, and you know, so I buckle my son up in the back seat, and as I'm buckling up, he's like, where was my lollipop? Because I told him there'd be lollipops. And I'm like, we'll get you some. And then I, when I'm done buckling him in, I get in my seat, and then I put the car in reverse to back out of the parking spot. And I, I turn over and our eyes, I lock eyes with my son. And at five, he asks me, he says, mommy, did we have to leave because I'm black? And I said to him, no we had to leave because mommy's white. And the point of the story is I've been trying very hard to make sure he doesn't blame himself
0: for Mm -hmm. all of the
4: things that he encounters. And it's hard not to. (laughs) Um, And those are some of the stories that, again, are in the book that were the impetus for writing it that uh, are surprising and let's just say surprising.
0: Mm.
3: I, I have to say this about being asked for adoption papers at a dentist. This is the first time I've heard something outrageous like that. And of all the people I had, this is like the most mind blowing I have ever encountered. And thanks for bringing that up. We'll make that aware as well. And um, also when it comes to, um, let's see with the dentist is like, you figure that, uh, hey, you come in for like, you know, checkup, teeth, and all that. Aren't they there to make money or something? It's yeah. like, uh, when you told me that story, I'm just scratching my head. I'm like, it's like, don't you want our money, like 500,000 bucks or something? I thought, well, it, you know, it's funny head.
4: because after it was over, I one reported them to the Missouri dental board. So I did file something on them and then I called them back later and I I was just like, you know, do you do that for everybody? And they were like, yes, I'm like, no, you don't like, you're just lying. And I said, what are you worried about? Is there like a epidemic of you know and I'm small of like small white women stealing black children and taking them for free dental care like I'm mean, like, like what are you afraid of? and you know, they had no good answer um, you know but and we had to go find you know and again, the good thing is so I, I do feel like if you read this book it ends hopefully there is hope and love to this book too. and I will say in terms of the dentist, the good thing is I had to find somewhere else. And I had to make the And I realized at that moment, too, I really need to make the effort for my son to see good role models, have good experiences. So I ended up I, I had to drive very far, but I ended up finding him a black male dentist that he had for years that Dr. Sam's. We loved him. And uh, it, that worked out well that, you know, he we ended up finding a better a better dentist and also a role model for him.
3: Now, do you think this uh, do you think this uh, epidemic is happening just in St. Louis or is it just regional wise or you think it's like nation or nationwide? Is it happening just in St. Louis, that problem? Or do you think it's more of a regional thing or a nationwide thing? Uh, the
4: the dentist thing kind of thing.
3: Or or is it like what you encountered as well, too. You know, especially well, like. I mean-
4: yeah, I will say that it was a few years ago. I don't know, four or five years ago, that um, I I saw on Twitter somebody had uh, apparently an interracial family that was trying to board an airplane, um, and I don't know, fly somewhere. And apparently, the stewardess did the same thing to them, like you know, are are you know, are you with them? Are you together? And and they posted on Twitter like, isn't this ridiculous? They're like, not letting me board till I prove this. You know, I'm the mother and blah, blah blah, and. And I was like, oh, my God, this happens in other areas and in other places. So I'm sure it happens to other interracial families, things like this. Um, You know, I don't know exactly what dentists do in other places, but these sorts of experiences, sadly, happen, I think, far too frequently to interracial families.
3: Mm -hmm. And and You you also talked about the lack of uh, black superheroes. You were talking about your son. Were you referring to, like, the cartoons, the media, or is it like, you know— in history so it's like what reference were you referring to like with black superheroes i can see in the cartoons the movies past history
4: i mean when they're little for sure i was talking about the cartoons and again you know before there was the black panther movie and and black panther i mean everything's superman and batman and and wonder woman and green lantern they're all white (laughs) they're all white you know it's also like it was really interesting um somebody bought my son a puzzle of the u.s president so you you all the press, and then you had this, and it's funny. We put them all, we put them all, put them all, and then you, know, of course, Barack Obama's at the end, and I'm like, oh, look, you know, there's Barack Obama, and my son turned to me and he said, "Where are the girl presidents?"
3: <laughs> girl presidents? It's like, what's next?
4: <laughs> I was like, baby, you nailed it. You nailed it. It's not there, and that's a problem. <laughs>
3: well it's getting close we were close at one point and tell them there is hope down the road and everything else i was going to mention too that you're seeing a lot of those uh black superheroes and mainly the um the dc comics that's been very apparent as well and um and and some others too but that's um another yeah. sub- subject as well too that um you also took your son out of detention and you also um ha- had um i think uh, i call couple of instances and um, maybe about uh, a few more stories too, that you got your son out of detention and um, you know, some other stories, maybe some good, good coming off it, not just the dentist or coming at detention, but also maybe some positive stories you can tell about, like, say, like a ball game zoo or. Oh, for sure.
4: Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. It's a shame. Some people have asked me if like, I um, encourage people to adopt the foster system or whatnot. And I will say, However, anybody wants to or not want to start a family, it's up to like it's up to them. I'm non judgmental. I don't feel like you should adopt or should adopt, shouldn't. But I will say, you know, what what beautiful thing about um, adoption is, you know, at least uh, you know the, the the adopting family, the child knows you chose them, like you wanted them to be there, um, and so they very much know they were wanted. Um, I have a good friend who's in her late forties, and she just found out from her mother that she actually was a mistake and. Her mom debated abortion, and so now she's like, what if I weren't here? She's having this existential crisis because she's just found out that she wasn't really wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. And i just say, you know, one thing about adoption is the child knows that, oh my God, they were wanted, that, you know, you put in years of effort to get them. And I do think that creates something of a bond and and something special that they know how much they were wanted.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, And do do you think the adoption process and adoption uh, policies and procedure in the U.S., do you think they're easier... And now, now, or difficult, and how does the adoption process um compared to other countries, especially those you travel, like say with uh, Thailand, Turkey, Peru, China, Europe, and all that? So it's like you know yeah. the adoption policies, procedures, and everything. How 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 to compare back then to now or in the past, and also compare to uh, other countries.
4: Yeah, so excellent questions. I will say I am not an adoption expert, so. <laughs> so I can definitely speak to our experience, and I can talk a little bit um about you know. The foster care, and but like you said, it differs per state per country, and as well, even adoption differs per state. Um, and it's always changing. I mean, I know that there were um, some laws like in the 90s that got passed that were influential in how our uh procedure went, and so um, I'm really not an expert in adoption. I will say that um, however you do it and wherever you do it, it's usually not an easy process, it usually takes years. Um, and, you know, money, and time, and all that stuff, but um, but I think that gets back to what I was saying, that, it, you know, it just becomes so worth it, you, you know, the, the child, you get your, you treasure so much, uh, and I will say the book, I feel like the book I wrote, Seeking Forgiveness, should appeal to people interested in interracial adoption, but also just adoption in general, I mean, you know, I could tell you a story, we had this one incident where um, I'm, I'm, I mean, my father was actually a Roman Catholic priest, but my mother was Jewish and I was raised Jewish. So I identify as Jew- Jewish. Mm-hmm. And i was telling somebody how I was going to buy Hanukkah presents for my son's first Hanukkah. And they were like, wait, wasn't his birth mother Christian? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, well, then you have to raise him Christian because his birth mother was Christian. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, um, how would that even work if I'm Jewish? Like, And what shocked me, and, and I feel like this is something that adoptive parents in general—this is what I mean. Like the book will really relate, I think, just to adoption in general. Adoptive families, we get this: like, are you really a family? You know, like, or did you have? I've had the question: Did you have any real children too? It's very offensive to I think adoptive parents. I mean, we see ourselves as a family, like any other family, as permanent, as you know. So if you if you can't imagine a birth mother raising a child a different religion than themselves you should not be able to imagine an adoptive mother raising their adoptive child, a different religion. Like it just doesn't even compute in my mind. I was just so shocked. I got that question.
3: But- mm. you, you, did, you did get some interesting questions as well too, and interesting encounters. And I'm learning a lot as well too. And um, do you think the pandemic has also caused a change in adoption or people adopting? Are they becoming more willing to adopt? Or is this like, because of the pandemic, yeah. it's like back off.
4: Yeah, that's an interesting question because, you know, at first I was reading how, you know, uh, there's maybe going to be like less children born because of the pandemic people are afraid and maybe they won't have money or something like that. And then maybe there'll be more children because everyone's stuck at home. And so there was just an article I was reading that shows that actually there does look like there's a little bit of a baby bump because of uh, COVID. So I would imagine then there'll maybe be less adoptions necessarily if there's a baby but I don't know um I don't know you ask a very interesting question and in all honesty I haven't thought too much about how COVID has affected adoption
3: mm-hmm. so all right and, 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 and what can people uh learn from the book and uh learn from the experiences
4: yeah so you know like I said I I this is my second published book you know my first one was called the other Shakespeare and it, it, in it I imagine what would have happened if William Shakespeare had been born a woman and so it's set, you know, it's set in the 1500s. Shakespeare's a woman, and as you can imagine, because women in those days had like no rights, it doesn't end well. It's not necessarily a, a happy book. I am very happy to say this one is more hopeful. So this book, you know, there it does um, describe some of the trials and tribulations, a few of which I've, you know, just you know, told you now. Um, but it also shows, you know, the positive things, and again, it's very much about family love and a mother's love for her son and how much she's willing to fight for him and do for him and i do believe it ends on a much more hopeful note like there's all these life issues that that happen in the book which make it very interesting and riveting i think and very fast paced i've heard many people say they read it in like one day i'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and
3: like to I, do it in like three quarters of that
4: <laughs> Well, i would just like to say i think it ends on a hopeful note. I mean, you know, almost like you were saying, we now do have more black superheroes. And so that is a change and, you know, it does end on a hopeful note and that's a good thing.
3: Mm -hmm. And where can we find the book at?
4: So you can find the book um, online anywhere, you know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, a bunch of other online bookstores. It depends whether it's in stock, probably not as, as much, but you can also read the first three chapters for free at my website, ww.leahachel, so dot com. If you go there, you can see you can read the first three chapters of the other Shakespeare, of this book, even of my unpublished books and everything else. Um, and then if you like that, you can then click on the cover and go buy the book.
3: We will certainly do so. What's coming up for uh, Leah Rachel, the author in uh upcoming 22 or 23, we'll find out in just one minute. Listen to the Mike Weidner show at the powered by Sonicweb Studios. Visit online at SonicWebStudios.com for your needs. And brought to you by official sponsor, The Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, Mia Moses, is the missing available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We'll be back with author Leah Rachel of Seeking Forgiveness after this time.
0: The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. If you're looking to start or upgrade your online presence, visit www.SonicWebStudios.com for all of your online needs. Call one 800 303 3960 or visit us online at com to get started today mention the mike wagner show and get 20 percent off your project sonic web studios take your image to the next level
1: hey everybody my name is forbes riley and i'm an american actress and a tv host and i was delighted when i got my copy of missing which is extraordinary relation of ordinary people based on a real life relationship it's just it's well written it's amazing
3: Bye-bye. Hey, hey, this is Ray Powers. And boy, are you in luck. Right place, right time. Tuned in to the Mike Wagner Show. You heard me. We're back with author Leah Rachel of Seeking Forgiveness here on the Mike Wagner Show. A great, riveting book. She talked about some experiences and just amazing conversation and everything. What else can we expect in 2022 or 23 and beyond, Leah?
4: Well, I'm positive I will always be writing. So I do find writing, you know, it's funny. I'm a morning writer. I've heard Toni Morrison, some other writers are like that too. They they like to write and see the sunrise. I'm like that too. I wake up at like definitely by five every morning and Mm -hmm. sit down, have a cup of coffee and write. So I don't know what my next novel will be. Usually in between novels, I do more short stories and some essays. I know I have another op-ed coming out in the St. Louis um, dispatch soon. So um, I'm not sure what my next novel will be, but I can promise you there will be more.
3: We will certainly check that out and certainly looking forward to it. And who do you consider biggest influence in career?
4: I would say my mother. So my my mother died young, unfortunately. I mean, both my parents passed away pretty young, but um, my mother, you know, she was a single mother for a while. She was very driven. She was very strong. Um, And she really, you know, I think gave me the confidence to do whatever I felt like I I wanted to do and could do. And I just always feel like I still hear her voice and still feel her support. And really this book, Seeking Forgiveness, while it's about me and my son, it's a little bit again about motherhood and I draw strength from my mother. I almost feel like, it, and I mentioned my mother in it as well. It's it's a book, you know, in honor of her and motherhood as well.
3: Mm-hmm. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point?
4: about about adoption or parenting or writing or anything just in general love yourself and try your darndest to love everybody else too
3: mm-hmm. and that's a very good point as well too we're the author leah rachel of uh seeking forgiveness here on the mike Wagner show leah very big thank you for your time you've been absolutely fantastic learned a lot looking forward to having you in soon keep us up to date keep in touch love to having you back and once again what's your website how do people contact you where can people purchase or check out your book
4: www.LeahRachel, L-E-A-R-A-C-H-E-L, no spaces.com. You can find everything there. You can buy the book at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and a bunch of other places, but you can keep up with my blog and my other writings at www.learachel.com
3: We'll certainly check that out. Once again, Leah, very big thank you for your time. You've been totally amazing. Looking forward to hearing soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love, happy back and wish you all the best. And Leah, you definitely have a great future. Have you?
2: Thanks for listening to the Mike Wagner Show. Brought to you by international award-winning author Mia Mohsen-Zia of Missing and powered by Sonic Web Studios. Be sure to join us again on over 40 podcast platforms. And of course on the MikeWagnerShow.com, HamiltonRadio.net, and Diamonds FM. Don't forget to support our program with a generous donation at the MikeWagnerShow.com. Thanks for listening.